This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Someone's going to win in Calgary. So does that put a little extra onus on your hockey yeah. club to stay above that line? Or yeah, is yeah, that yeah. something you welcome as a coach? It's a, yeah, I mean, again, you got to embrace the challenge. You can't be afraid of it. you got to grab it. We did, this is what we did last game. We weren't, we weren't afraid of that challenge ahead of us. And uh, the team that, if they beat us, they're ahead of us. Uh, so we, we like that approach. We played well enough against Calgary to get something out of that game. So these four games at home are crucial for us. Uh, and now it's game five tonight in this five-game homestand. We know what we need to do. And we know the importance of the game. And, and so does Calgary, so does Nashville. We all know where we are. And, but don't be afraid of that, right? Embrace it. Like, again, telling the players, like, these are games at the end of your career, five years after you retire, you look back. I was a big game, and I was there for the team. Like, those are big moments for players as they move on in their careers. And when they look back and say, I was there for my teammates uh, at the most important time. And those are, those are good things. You know what I take from that clip there from uh, head coach Rick Bonus uh, in the pregame skate as we head towards the San Jose Sharks and the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, pre-game at 4, puck drop at 6, right here in Winnipeg. Season finale at home. Um, Jim, you know what I take from that? What do you take from that? When you're, when you're facing a challenge, yeah. you, 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 you grab it, you give it a warm embrace, you give it a little kiss on the cheek, and you say, I missed you, babe. It's been too long. Hey, challenge. I missed you. <laughs> Where you been? Where you been? <laughs> Where you been hanging out? Don't you know those boys don't want to play no more? <laughs> well, or, you grab, hey, challenge, want to grab some dinner? Like, what are you up it, to? Did you catch a movie? He's nervous already. Mom's spaghetti. Palms are sweaty. Uh, it's a little bit of that. That's for sure. Uh, 204-780-6868. 204-780. <laughs> nice to see you again. You're looking good. You've been working out, challenge? Uh, 204-780-6868. Text the show. This is, this is a, this is a big, this is a big, this is a big matzo ball today. Um, uh, Jim, because you know, the situation here is there's no clinching scenario for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but if they win tomorrow, then against the Minnesota wild is a clinching scenario. And I understand that the Winnipeg Jets, they completely outchanced uh, the San Jose Sharks. The first time they played them early last month in early March, where they gave up a goal with 11 seconds left and then lost it very quickly in overtime. Logan Couture scored the game winner to being kind of getting getting whacked against San Jose in San Jose at the end of last month, not too long ago. I think it was less than two weeks ago. I, I don't see a scenario. And I, listen, I may be wrong, and I'm putting myself out there, Jimbo, but I, I don't see a scenario where the Winnipeg Jets lose this game. I, I, I think it could be a blowout. I might be stepping in one there, but I don't care because I think the Winnipeg Jets, this is going to be a victory tonight. I don't think that I like J- James Reimer, goaltender for the Sharks, Marwina Manitoba is James Reimer. He stopped set, made 77 saves in those first two games. I, I don't I don't think he's going to make over a hundred saves. I don't think he's going to get to like 110 or something like that and just put the block block down. I think he's probably gonna have a good game playing in front of, you know, he's in his home province and stuff like that. But I I I just think the Winnipeg Jets are gonna are gonna handle the Sharks tonight. That's what I see. Wrap up the home schedule. Let's rock and roll. Head off to Minnesota. Well, if they play like they did on Saturday night, if they played like they, I'll even argue if they play like they did against Calgary on yeah. Wednesday night, and then yeah, you I go agree. back to Sunday and, and Friday against New Jersey and Detroit in reverse order, they should beat the Sharks. Mm-hmm. But shoulda, woulda, coulda. Uh, I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is a team that realistically is its own worst enemy. 
this is a team that has a way to play that will lead to enormous success. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, and when they forget, or when they just choose not to, or whatever the case may be, there's another team out there. But the problem with tonight's game is, is I'm with you, they should pound the San Jose Sharks tonight. But pounding a team like they did Nashville, I mean, yeah. if they play like they did against Nashville, they don't have UC Soros, and no disrespect to James Reimer, but they'll put four or five past them. Mm-hmm. But you have to do that, right? And the problem with playing teams like this at this time of the year is they're playing free and and all that kind of things, all that kind of stuff, that they have nothing to play for, all this kind of stuff, and they're more relaxed. The Jets have to be relaxed. They have to embrace the opportunity and, and use every cliche you want, but they have to win this game. Oh, yeah. They need three points in the next three games, and then they don't have to worry about anything Nashville or Calgary does. Yeah. If they get three points in the next three games, they're in. Mm-hmm. So they have to win tonight. There's two points sitting there for you. They're not gifted to you. They're sitting there. And so if you can equate it to Easter over the weekend or whatever, there's Easter eggs on the table. And the first night that you get to go grab some, there's a four-year-old guarding them. You should be able to take (laughs) Easter eggs off a four-year-old. The next night, there's a... It could be a crafty four-year-old... The next night, there's a young athlete in the prime, 18, 19, 20 years old, who's guarding those Easter eggs. Can you go? You should be able to take them from a young adult who's not as mature and old and as veteran-laden as you. Yeah. On Thursday night, there's you protecting the eggs. Yeah. Maybe even somebody, a younger version of you, that's a little stronger, a little quicker, but you need those eggs. You need three eggs this week, Cam. You got to go get those two off they the four-year-old They don't tonight. all have to be big eggs. and it, it, They can be small James eggs. James Reimer's from Morena, and the Sharks are this, and the Sharks are that. It's no time to be, can I have some of those eggs, kid? It's time to, look, kid, you should be in bed. I'm taking these <laughs> it's eggs. It's time to drop an elbow. So it, it, they have to win tonight. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's again, it's like... It's a it's a it's a game they really this really is not really a good have team. to have. Edmonton yeah. absolutely pounded the Sharks on Saturday. Dismantled them. They dismantled them. They're not a good team. They're not structurally sound. They he, Marina Marina's James Reimer could have another great game. You have to have a better one. Yeah. And 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 look, I think they win tonight. I think they yeah. win, and then they go into Minnesota tomorrow, and it's it'll be very interesting. Yeah, getting goalied in this game or whatever, or any sort of situation like that, to me is just not a. It's not a. It's not an excuse. I mean, this is a game. The list. You got to go out and get it. You got to go out and get two points. It doesn't matter how you do it. Take the puck to the net. Shoot the puck on net. Skate north south. Be physical. That's what Nashville yeah. does to you. Nashville can push you around. Uh, depleted lineup or not, you have to be, and I've been saying this for two weeks, having seen them play against Detroit, New Jersey. It's not about like, let's come out and score some goals and, but let's, this is what they do. That's mm-hmm. what they did against New Jersey. That's what was lost in that New Jersey game is New Jersey's a very good team and very deep, yep. but the jets did what they wanted to do. That's what you have to do. You don't play hockey tonight with the San Jose Sharks. You come out and you do what you want to do, and they have to play what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Texas Show, 204-780-6868. If uh, James Reimer stands on his head, gets first star, I think we should vote him out as a Manitoban. Well, I, I mean... That's, <laughs> uh, thanks, Kevin. It's fine. You lose your Manitoba card, do you? I, well, I, I, don't, I used to say that about Joe Mack and the, when he was uh, like GM of the Winnipeg blue bombers and it was just like a it was like a hellscape for all those years i just said like 
said they shouldn't let him in the province. They should have a guard station there, and he should have to drive around the United States. <laughs> but here's, he shouldn't let him back in. Here's nice the to thing. say that about him. So that second period against Nashville was their best period all season. Yes. Only equaled by, and not equal, that's, that was their best. Yep. But the closeness in that comes to that game in Pittsburgh on the road earlier this year. Um, so, and why? Nick Ehlers was absolutely flying. Nick Ehlers took care of the puck, and he didn't turn it over, and he was absolutely flying. And I would argue with a hernia, maybe finally totally healthy and feeling. I, I, I'll tell you this, that was the best I've ever seen him play. Ever. Ever. He, he was for an entire game. I've seen him have shifts like that. I've seen him play yeah. a period like no, but, that, but constantly. And he's always a good player. You know, he turns over the puck, but he's he's a good he's a yeah. really good player. But that was the best I've seen him play sixty minutes. Mark Shifley's second period is a walking advertisement for what he could be. I understand that style he played in the second period is very tough to do eighty two games in and out. Mm-hmm. But if he could do that to some resemblance for 65 to 70 games, he would be a dominant two-way player. He almost played 22 minutes of ice time. He was phenomenal. He was fantastic. He was absolutely phenomenal. See, and that's the whole question about, I mean, and I Blake I Wheeler was engaged in doing things. He, Blake Wheeler was good. I mean, Pierre Blake Dubois brought the fight out again. 100%. And, you know, the thing was, and, and, uh, Nick Ehlers did that, and I, and I was and I was looking. I went and looked at, at the at the game sheet afterwards, and I was saying just the way how impactful Nick Ehlers was over the course of that game. I was thinking, oh my goodness, like all the people always calling for his ice time, they must be happy now because I was thinking he got 20, 21, 22 minutes of ice time, sixteen minutes, sixteen minutes and four seconds. Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, Mark Scheifele, Nino Niederreiter, Pierre Luc Dubois, and Kyle Connor all had more time on the ice than Nick Ehlers. Um, and, and, and this just goes back to this constant conversation about, about Nick Ehlers and the, the, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a nice stat to look at, you know, the points per 60 minutes. It's like, well, obviously if he just played more, I mean, just like logically, I don't, I don't blame people for coming to this conclusion because if you just look at the stat by itself, it says, well, Nick Ehlers, obviously if somebody has the most points per 60 minutes on the team, well, then just giving him more ice time, well, that would immediately equate to more points and the Winnipeg Jets are shooting themselves in the foot because they should be playing Nick Ehlers 19, 20 minutes per game and that would equate to more goals. I don't believe that that's true with Nick Ehlers. No. I believe Nick Ehlers is a player where less is more. I think Nick Ehlers, he, I mean, I mean, the fact of, you know, and we're going to talk about, there's a game time decision involved there. It's either 81 or 27. Cal Connor and, and Nick Ehlers um, were not involved in the morning, in the morning skate today. Uh, and, and, but, but the, the fact of the matter is, is Nick Ehlers, some, uh, okay, he'll go out there, but he will use his option uh, on, on pregame skates. Because he, because of the way that he, the, his body feels, and he feels like he gets the most out of himself if he misses skates like that, and, and opportunity, you know, chances like that to go out there and get skate. He, he, he'll miss morning skates. It's not, that's not something that he. I mean, this has been going on for a long time with him. The way that he plays and the style that he plays with his body size, only 175 pounds. It's not, you know, he's 170 pounds. He's, he's not a giant here. He is best optimized when he's playing about 16, 17, maybe 17 and a half minutes. That's Nick Ehlers, I believe, at his peak. I think the team knows that. I think Nick Ehlers knows that. Um, and and he was so outstanding that I actually, I thought he was a guy that was out there for, for 20, 21 minutes because he was just so impactful, 
right? And, and, yeah. and I just I just think that's an important point to make that people are always saying, well, "Why is Nick Ehlers playing more? Why is Nick Ehlers playing more?" Uh, because it's not in his best interest. Well, not only that, Cam, but here's the other reason why: is he's the guy off the line for faceoffs. This team can't win faceoffs. Yes. So on that line. Kevin Stenlin on Saturday was coming over the boards to take faceoffs, and Wheeler was out there because when Stenlin gets waved, Wheeler takes the faceoff, yeah. and Wheeler has been very successful so far. Wheeler can take taking faceoffs. faceoffs. Yes. The minute they win the faceoff, Stenlin goes off, and Ehlers comes back on. But depending on the situation, if they win the faceoff and start going down. He might not get off right away. If they lose the faceoff, then Stenlin's out there for a minute. That's why Nick Ehlers' ice time goes down. Yeah. That's why it's not always in the top six. But mm. shift-wise and importance-wise yeah. and everything, it's right where it, it, it should be. Shift average and the amount of and the amount of shifts that he does take, it's it's right there. Um so anyways, I just I just thought that that was interesting and I and I saw that and, and just having his absolutely fantastic game. Um, I just wanted to 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 to, to make that point. Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back. We're going to be talking to uh, the senior director of game presentation for True North Sports Entertainment, Kyle Ballhari. He's going to be joining us at twelve forty-five to talk about fan appreciation night uh, at the final uh, regular season home game uh, with the San Jose Sharks in town. Pre-game gets going at four o'clock. Puck drop at six, um, and lots more to get to. We'll get to the 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 morning skate. What are the lines looking like? Uh, and I got some questions I want to ask you, Jim. And, and, and this was one that Kelly Moore asked uh, head coach Rick Bonus. And I'll play after I'll, I'll play it after twelve thirty, and then I'll get your response on it. Sound I look good? Forward to it. I look forward to it. Absolutely. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More Jets at noon. Happy after Monday. This. Happy Monday, everybody. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Cameron. Your oh. one-minute power play with Jeff Braun. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to score. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Don't even try. Okay. It's my life story. Anyway, Jeff, <laughs> not going to score. Yeah, it's the way she goes. <laughs> the way she goes. Uh, so I don't know if you ever heard this segment before, but we usually uh, barrage Sarah with a bunch of questions that she I don't think he listens to, to the station. Thing. I don't think he does, yeah. Yeah, yeah usually uh, I'd be long home by now and about just about ready to start having my afternoon nap, so can't say that I have heard it. Uh, I ran into him a wonderful. couple months ago, and he said, do you work here? <laughs> He's you usually asleep by now. Uh, ah, you're one of my favorites, John. I love you. <laughs> Hey, Johnny boy. Uh, this is from our producer of the segment here, Kevin, Kevin Texas Show. He produced the segment. Which way do utensils go in the dishwasher, up or down? Uh, the pointy end up. I agree. Actually, I think it's just a whatever. Just throw it all in there. doesn't matter. Well, oh, it's all, it all no, washes. That's chaos. My dishwasher, you lay them down sideways. Like there's the rivets that you lay them in between. Mm. And then you just put them one way in a row. I, and I'm, here's the thing about, may I say this? Yes, you may. I know it doesn't matter to you two because you'll never see my dishwasher. But start at the back, you know, you pull out the dishwasher and you start loading up the front and then you, there's no room to put, put them in the back and work forward. Well, that's, that, that makes too much sense. And I would never do that. I always just start at the front yeah. because you just open it up kind and it's just lazy just and do it. the utensils uh, in I the will front tell you guys, and then... my dishwasher broke about 12 years ago and I've not yet replaced it because I realized I'm one dude with one plate and one fork and I can just uh, wash it after <laughs> every that's use. Smart guy. How often would you run that dishwasher by yourself? Um, every three months? Oh, it's full now. Once a week, maybe. Once a week. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. That's not I, bad I, 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 the, the, the dishwasher's a chaos zone. You cram as much stuff in there as you possibly can. I've been doing dishes since I was four years old 
And I used to beg my parents to get a dishwasher, and my father would say, religiously, I have two, you and your brother. <laughs> he was right. He was right. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. My whole Talk life. to you guys later. Take That's care. your one-minute power play that didn't score with Jeff Braun. 204-780-6868. Rung off the post. Didn't go in. Didn't go in. No. Couple off the post. Yeah. You got to go in the out. Just like the, the game on the Saturday. Yeah. Nice deflection, Jeff, but did not go in. Did, <laughs> did not, not score. 204 780 Was in the right place, though. Absolutely. Positioned uh, well. The lineup uh, from the pregame uh, skate to there again, Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers, um, one of them, according to head coach uh, Rick Bonus. Uh, a game time decision. I would I would lean towards KC. Kyle Connor being that guy, just just based on Ehlers' history of of sometimes taking the option if 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 he wants uh, to not skate in the morning skate. The lines look like this. Uh, Carson Kuhlman uh, was in place of Kyle Connor uh, with Dubois and Shifley. Uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi was in Ehlers' spot with uh, Nemesnikov and Wheeler. Uh, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Appleton stayed the same. Baron, Stenlin, and Menelainen stayed the same. Uh, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan, Pionk, Sandberg, and Schmidt, and then uh, Hellebuck. Uh, he's going to be starting in, uh, in 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 net tonight uh, in a very, very important game against the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's this clip I wanted to play. This was Kelly Moore. Um, in in conversation with 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 Rick Bonus during his availability, and I wanted to ask your thoughts on this. Rick, through this 500 second half, the one thing you've always been able to do is stay above that playoff line. How important, whether it's from a mental or spiritual sense, how important has that been uh, for your hockey club through all of this? Well, even when we were battling for that first place, the January, there like there comes a point where you are the hunted, and there's people chasing you all the time. And we've kind of taken that mentality that look, as long as we're in that spot, there's eight teams below us chasing us, and we we're, we're like it's as tight as it can be right right now. So we've let those teams close the gap on us, but we've been able to maintain that, and we know what we need to get in. Uh, so that's so. It's up to us now to keep that eighth spot. We're not going to get ninth now, obviously, but it's up to us to fight hard and keep that eighth spot. We've got three games, and we know what we need to get there. So, what do you think about that, Jim? I mean, how important was it the Winnipeg Jets have been? They actually they've stayed above the playoff line here. They've controlled their destiny. There's been there's been talks when the Jets are playing from behind in some seasons where they use the phrase "control their own destiny," but they really didn't. They, if they won all the rest of their games, they still needed help. In terms of other teams losing, right, um, and so yeah, it wasn't I mean, really it wasn't necessarily them controlling their destiny. But this time they have, and it's like it's still over eighty percent of the chance that they're making the postseason. They don't have that X yet. But how important has it been that they've been able to, you know, at least when they were struggling, hold themselves above that line? Well, this is a situation when you hear the cliche, you found find out what you're made of. And yeah. to use a golf analogy, yesterday, like you are dominant for three rounds, and you go into the final day leading, mm-hmm. and you drop a bunch of shots, and the mm-hmm. guy chasing you is just feeling like he's got nothing, no pressure. It's, it's on like him. a UFC match where you win round one, round two, and right. then you drop three and four, and you're heading into you're heading into the so championship the old, round number five. You know, you take the turn at the Masters on hole nine, and would you rather be the hunter or the hunted? Yeah. Uh, how do you play? What's the philosophy and stuff? So, um, this is a new scenario for the Winnipeg Jets, and mm-hmm. I think Jets fans and and the core of this team has seen enough of the other way where they're the ones chasing. Um, this is something where you literally find out what you have. And and the players have mentioned it for two weeks. Rick Bonus has talked about it. But you're going to find out tonight. Like, you have something here. It's yours. You own it. 
but you have to play well to keep it. What are you going to do? And and I think that that's different than gripping the stick too tight and chasing it. The reason it's different for me than golf is like if I'm down by a couple strokes in golf, I'm I don't feel any pressure at all. <laughs> yeah, because I shoot 120 anyway, and it doesn't matter. I'll never yeah. be in competition. But I mean seriously, yeah. but like when you have that two goal lead, the minute you hit a bad shot, the minute you shank one into the tree, you're looking behind you to see what that person's doing. In hockey, it's different, right? Like it's it's. Do you feel too much pressure and grip the stick too tight when when you're down a goal and and mm-hmm. you have the playoff spot, or when you're down a goal and you have to win that game? Like, look at Calgary on Wednesday. Yeah, they were out of it if they don't win that game. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Vancouver for them. They're down two nothing into the third. They cannot not get a point out of that game. Mm-hmm. What are the Jets got tonight? Like the Jets, look at the last five games. Have played exceptionally well. They've been great. But, you know, but the thing is you need, and, and not that the Jets didn't play good against Calgary, but they the Flames came out as a desperate team in the third period. And they they, they ended up like, losing I, that I game. I agree. The third so, period the Jets wanted, or the Flames wanted it more. But when that, you break yeah. that game down, no, they didn't, the goals they got were they, off a skate, workman goals. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't They didn't do, but I, what, what I, the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that you need? They need to be desperate. They need to be like they yes. were against Nashville. They, well, need, they need to have is, that level of like, listen, it's do or die. We're not. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to leave it up to the road trip through Minnesota and and Colorado. We're going to take care of business now at home. Our final home game. The Jets have done pretty dang well in front of the home crowd. They've been five hundred on the road. So I used to use desperate as a term all the time too, until Kelly Moore um, pointed out Andrew Cop, and Andrew Cop said to him once. You can't play desperate because that's when the minute you get a goal against your bench is elevated to more desperation and you feel it and you're stripping it. What you have to play with is urgency. Okay. You have to have well, urgency that's a, that's in your game. That's a better game. word, yeah. And this is a team I've seen that from, and Andrew Kopp knew what he was talking about because when they played desperate, that's when they got a little too individual. That's when they got away from the system, even though they're down to – like, to me, Calgary, being down two in Vancouver, they didn't play desperate, but they played with more urgency. That's how they played against the fl- the Jets on Wednesday, too. And so ever since I heard that term, I kind of like it more than desperate. When you mm-hmm. play desperate and you go down 2 nothing, I think that's when things can go awry and you try to do too much and you, you start turning the puck over and things. But you, they have to play with some urgency in their game. And it goes back to that pace and energy I use with Derek Taylor to the nth degree of if you play with urgency and have pace and energy in your game, then when you're down a goal or two, you still believe and, and have that, that foot speed that you can get it back. That's what they have to play with. But in all honesty, that's what they've been playing with the last mm-hmm. four or five games. They need to be bold. How about this? I'm just looking at some synonyms of daring. They need, to, they need to play with daring in their game. Well, here's the other thing. What about determination? I thought Jamie Thomas nailed the first period on Saturday night. Going into the intermission, he said, Paul Edmund said, how would you sum that first period up? And he said, patient. And I thought that is a perfect summation because they they held the play. They had opportunities. They Mm -hmm. hit two goal posts, including the power play that should have been a goal. And they didn't deviate from their game. They remained patient. They didn't try to over to... And then into the second period when they were all over Nashville... It didn't become desperate. It didn't become, I'm losing patience, so I'm going to try this differently. They just remained patient, and I yeah. thought that was a great way to describe the way they played against Nashville there in the were first some pe- period. There were some people in the first uh, that I was kind of talking to after the saying, well, the Jets just, you know, 
I liked their first period a lot. And Rick Bonus after the game, he said, listen, this, the second period was so good because of how they laid the foundation in the first. Yes. And I 100% agree I with totally that. I totally agree with that, too. Like, yeah. you have to sort of take these big games that you, mm. quote-unquote, can't lose yeah. a, a shift at a time. You have to have a good start. And you yeah. have to get all four lines, their first shift, whether it's the first two minutes yeah. or you don't get on the ice till the six-minute mark. You have to sort of get a good start and some flow. But patience is important because, like, tonight, say – Somebody shoots a puck in off three skates and it's one nothing San Jose. Do you want them to get urgent? And de- no, you gotta stick to the system. You're a better team. Be patient with it. Same thing if it's two nothing. But if it goes down three nothing, then you gotta have some some more urgency and then you get desperate, right? But I thought patience, and that's what they did in the second period, like wave after wave after wave for 10, 11 minutes nonstop, yeah. and nothing to show for it. But they didn't. They didn't try to do an extra pass. They didn't try to get fancy with behind the back they like under, they, they have under, in they the under, past. They understood what they were they doing. They kept cycling. They kept forechecking, and they kept going about pinching from the point and having a forward cover it until Shifley got a goal. Mm-hmm. And that was the patience part that Jamie Thomas was describing. And I'm like, yeah, that is what they needed to do. There's so many ways this game could go, but if they can stay patient with their pace and energy that they're playing, they'll be successful. And. Neil Pionk scored, uh, as uh, Rick Bonus called it, a timely goal. And yes. uh, this was him speaking about the good and bad of Pionk's year in overview. Yeah, there was a time that he, he was a little banged up, and there was a time he was, wasn't playing well. So it's a little bit of both. You play 82 games, you're going to have those spells where you're not playing well. You're going to play, you're going to have those spells where you are playing a little banged up, right? So you give him full marks, but we don't score that first goal without him standing in the, the crease. Right? He just went in and he stayed there, so we don't get that one obviously he got the second one's big goal but that's 10 for him but he's a big part of our offense and uh and he, he really competed defensively to talk about box outs and everything you watch him battle in that game he was right on top of his game so yeah you play 82 games and you're not the biggest guy on the ice out there you're going to get banged up a little bit and again there were some times that when they won't kneel he's coachable so Neil, we're struggling a little bit here let's clean these things up and he and he, and he fixes it right away um so he's not stubborn about those things he has a very honest appraisal of his game at that particular point. As we head to a break, and, and a part of the Winnipeg Jets' struggles here too as well, um, were, were when Neil Pionk wasn't on his game. And you know what? He's been back. He's been back the last five games. He's been outstanding. There's a couple guys on this team. Neil Pionk's leading the way. Mark Shifley, Mark Shifley. Blake Wheeler. They, they could change the narrative if they can continue the way they've played the last five games, Wheeler, if they can Wheeler make a was, difference, if they can. Yeah. I think of the game against the devils where Wheeler was awesome in yeah. that game. And then a little bit step back uh, in Calgary, but then again, he was fantastic as well. So let's take a break. Let's come back. Uh, we'll be joined by Kyle ball, Harry, the senior director of game presentation at true North sports entertainment fan appreciation night at the game today. Pre-game gets going at four puck drop at six jets sharks. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. I do this all the time. Jim hates it. He hates musicals. We'll be right back. You break in the song too much. Oh, sorry. We got poison playing. I forgot. Shh. I'm trying to listen to the song. <laughs> Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Uh, fan appreciation night tonight as the regular season wraps up. At Canada Life Center, of course, we uh, hope there'll be some playoff dates at Canada Life Center. And to talk about the night, we are joined by the Senior Director of Game Presentation at True North Sports Entertainment, uh, Kyle Ball-Harry. Hey, Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you today? Excellent. Will there be any Helix playing tonight? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I really think there will be, Jim. After our last conversation and how inspired we were with a few of their songs, you might you might get a Helix song. Great Canadian band. Great. Oh, everybody loves Helix. Who yeah. doesn't love Helix? Yeah. Uh, uh, Kyle, what, what's, what's, what makes Fan Appreciation Night so special, and why should people make sure that they're heading to the rink tonight? Well, I mean, not only is this a massive game, of course, you know, two points on the line and, and one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the year, um, it is Fan Appreciation Night. And what that means is it's a celebration of, of the regular season that just happened. And I, I can tell you, and, and you guys have been there, and, and there's been so many fans come through the gates this year. It's, it's really been a spectacular uh, celebratory kind of season in the rink. And, and you know, whether we've won, won or whether we've lost, uh, the, the games have been, been truly remarkable this year, which is the passion and the excitement from our fans. Uh, throughout the year and we've had some incredible nights you know from our, our uh, Filipino night celebrations to our South Asian to our Wasack nights to the Dale Howard Chuck unveil at the beginning it's mm-hmm. it's just been an incredible season and you know um, obviously hope we hope for a big win tonight but what we want to do is, is say thanks to the fans um, for an incredible regular season once again we got the most passionate fans honestly quite frankly in all of hockey and maybe sports here in Winnipeg uh, and tonight we give back to them with a tons of ton of giveaways we have our jersey off our back promotion, uh, which ev- uh, everybody in the arena is going to be eligible for. We have 26 jerseys. Everybody that has a ticket has a chance to come down if, if their seat is drawn uh, to get a jersey off the back and a little meet and greet on the ice after the game with each of our players. So that's, that's really exciting. And then a ton of other, of course, uh, super exciting giveaways as well. You mentioned some of the prizes, Kyle. We want, you want everybody in the seats for, for warm-up because that's when you start giving away some of these prizes that are, are very heavily with a summer theme to this year. Yeah, that's right, Jim. And, 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 and we kind of did that last year and people really loved it. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it's been a long winter and uh, adding some things into the mix that people can use in the summer, uh, things like kayaks and longboards. And uh, we even have a giant flamingo pool floaty. I mean, where do you normally get that? Well, you got to you got to shell out some cash and go to <laughs> go to the store and bring it home. But tonight, someone's going to walk away uh, from the game with a giant flamingo pool floaty, which is fantastic. So we're, we're just really looking forward to a blitz of activity all game. Plus, of course, the biggest game of the year, Jets and Sharks. Yeah, and it, it comes just at the right time when it seems like, you know, spring is sprung. People are feeling good. We're getting into the double-digit temperatures throughout the day. So it comes just at the right opportunity as well. Uh, the 50-50 pot being sweetened a little bit tonight, too, as well. Yeah, it starts at 20000 So uh, when everybody arrives, of course, the, the pot will be bigger tonight. And someone is definitely going to leave tonight uh, feeling fantastic with a 50-50 win. The Dirty Catfish brass band are also going to be here tonight if everybody's familiar with their uh live performances they, they bring a, a thrilling sound and they'll be wandering around the concourse uh and you know honestly it's it's a night to celebrate hockey a night to celebrate the jets uh and hopefully like i said uh cheer our team on to, to the biggest victory of the season winnipegjets.com forward slash tickets uh, some still available huge crowd on saturday what an environment that was and and with some prizes to win hoping for the same thing tonight kyle hundred percent testament to how amazing our fans are here. And when the fans are, you know, they bring their best. Um, there's nothing like it. We have the best fans in hockey and, and the players feel it. The broadcasters feel it. it. It's something else. And that's exactly what we need from our fans. Kyle Ball here. He's the senior director of game presentation at True North Sports Entertainment. Kyle, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the game and go Jets go. Thanks, you guys. See you at the rink. See you, Kyle. Pre-game gets going. Pre-game, and you might hear, make me do anything you want. Oh, that's a ballad. They won't play Helix Ballad, but they'll fire this up. Yeah, This is a great one. Oh, this is a good one. Pre-game at 4 gets going This is a good one. At 680 CJOB. You can putt to songs like this. Oh, yeah. You got a 40-foot putt, and you just hear... 
Heavy metal love. Free game at four. Free game at four. Puck drop at six. Let's Jets, go. Sharks. Wrap it up. Let's end up the home. Let's end the home stand. Let's end the final home game of the regular season and set the Winnipeg Jets up for some Woo! games in the playoffs, some whiteout parties. Let's all get ahead of ourselves. But let's go, Jets! Let's roll over those sharks! They don't know what's coming! Let's bite them up! Take, take it them down. easy, man. We're rocking, we're rolling here. We're playing Helix. It's just what happens. Give me an R. <laughs> R-O-C-K, what you got? Rock! Big game. What you got to do? Rock you. Huge game. Let's go, Jets. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.